Welcome back to the Stabcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Mindy. We're back for on another Sunday to talk some horror. Yes, we uh, are. Another installment in the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah. Now, we haven't really done any Evil Dead. I think we did the remake. We might have done the I remake. I think we yeah. did the remake. Maybe early on. But I don't think that we've actually done, like, the entire franchise. So we'll probably go back and do the entire one, like, do, like, a tier list or something. Yeah. And do something with it. Because it is a franchise. I mean, okay. it did have a TV series and whatnot. It does deserve a little bit of love. And let's be honest, it's one of the best franchises. And little known, if Freddie and Jason would have got a sequel, it would have been Ash versus Freddie and Jason. Mm-hmm. And, and it would have been fucking hilarious and awesome. And but, the best thing about them is, I just want to come out and say right now, is that they, Lee Cronin and Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, they can make the most beautiful, disgusting fucking art. Mm-hmm. Like, their shit is really artistic, and it's beautifully made. Yeah. A lot of the stuff is practical effects. Like I'm about to read out their budget to you, and you're not gonna fucking believe it if you went out and saw the movie. For the old one or this one? This one. Yeah. Because this one, it, it could have just been. Are you right, saying they use a lot of practical in TV. this one? Yes, they did. They did. You might not believe it, but they did. Okay. There was a lot of practical stuff that they did. That camera shot and whatnot. That's a practical effect. Yeah. When they do the whole deadite coming in and whatnot. Is the deadite makeup? Practical or is that, yeah. is that CGI? No, that isn't. That is practical. Okay. All the makeup, all the blood and shit, the the bugs, I believe, are CGI in a way, but like they try to keep everything as practical as they basically can. <laughs> well, then I have a little more respect. That's why instead of a cabin, they were in a rundown apartment. Yeah. Like Evil Dead, you're not gonna have somewhere fancy. Like it's never gonna take place in a fucking hotel. Well, what's the budge? What's so, the budget? The budget we were working with was 15 to 19 mil. That's not bad at all. That's, That's a cheap a, movie nowadays. Exactly. The Marvel movies fucking talk Exactly. And they made 146.50 million. Yeah. So, I would say... Success. Yeah. Astounding success. Yes. They, For they, a low-budget movie shot. like that, 150 is damn good. Yeah. Everybody gets paid. The studio's happy. Exactly. It, gets, it, does its, it did its job. Yeah. It did what it was supposed to do. But that's why I was so shocked when Daniel was like, I really didn't like it. Because it's like, I, like, have you seen these little stuff? Like, cause, like, it's, yeah. like, all low budget and shit. Like, you love practical effects just like I, I do. Because I thought you would really, really enjoy the practical effects of it. Yeah. Now, some of it, and we're going to get a little bit more into it, though. Some of it is a little bit cheesy, not corny. Yeah. If it was corny, it would be getting a nod. In my favorite, because I believe that Evil Dead should be horny. But I didn't like how they did some of their special effects with the blood. Yeah. 
I feel like sometimes maybe they were rushed on making it and or something, because to me it looks like they were in cherry soda. I agree with you. And let's get right into it. Evil Dead Rise, this this is our review, spoiler yep. review. And it, while we're getting, if we're going to get right into it, to me the effects didn't make it bad. It was not the performances either, but everything felt kind of forced and a little hammy. And it didn't feel hammy in a fun way with Bruce Campbell. Like, you got to remember, this is a franchise based on kind of a bad movie. Like, he's known as the king of the B-movie for a fucking reason. Because that's like a B-movie. Like, Evil Dead is known as, like, it's not a fucking, it's not Top Gun Maverick. Like, it's not a big budget fucking, it's a low budget, like, kind of like clunky mess that people love. And it's a cult classic and it's awesome, but it has its flaws. So if you're basing, like, a whole franchise off that, if you're doing a new installment, yeah, it's kind of like... It, it, it's a good homage to that, and it does, like, its callbacks are very nice and stuff. I think it kind of boogeymaned itself to where you take this franchise and then you focus it. They always have to focus on a small family that's going through some shit. Yeah, and, but I do like, in the beginning, like I was telling you before, I do like, in the beginning, we see a group of young people, uh, three young people, one named Caleb and then two other girls, two cousins. Yeah. And you see the evil, the deadites attacking them and whatnot. And since it's in a cabin and it's in the woods, you think, like, oh, this is it. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. You don't fucking realize they're going to be taken out within the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is I feel terrible for saying this, but they didn't get very famous actors and actresses. I think that's why the budget was so low. Yeah. And even the little girl, it was her first movie ever. Yeah, but Nell Fisher did a damn good job. Yes, yeah, she did. Cassie was a pretty good role. Yes. And, yes, and the little did. kid is not the thing that I have an issue with. But and Beth either. What I, was try- what I was trying to say, though, was is that it was it could have had different actors and actresses, and it would have been better. You're not wrong. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I think they used a little bit too fresh of a cast to save money. I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's the problem, but I, I a little star power wouldn't have hurt. I'm not going to disagree with that. A little star power wouldn't have hurt. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say that it ruined it. Mm-mm. I'm just trying to say that it wouldn't have killed them. Because the thing, like, the Danny, the the girl that's trying to be a boy. Right? Yes. No, it's Danny. It's the little, it's the brother, Danny. Oh, that's, Danny's a girl. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look at him. I mean, look at I me. Mean, well, he was. When he did was. that ever happen? He, he's a dude he now. never brought that up. No, you just kind of got to, like, assume it. Like, it's like, look what? at his fucking face. He's a, he used to be a chick. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, man? obviously. I mean, no, come on. No, not obviously. You think that's a dude? A DJ? No, there's it's, no fucking way. Full, full yeah, that's he's forced. Yeah. He looks like that's, why the, that's what I'm saying. There's this modern fucking, like, I mean, it's a cool, like, a family, and Bridget's, like, emo, and that's sweet. But, like, no, Danny's definitely got... I mean, he might have got he something added sick. on. He was not born with a sausage. I'm telling you that. Right? Oh, my God. He, he wasn't born what with a was bat. It, what was his bat, though? He was born with a mitt, not a bat. What was it? The bat got added. When was it said? It wasn't said. You just got to look at him and assume. Oh, my God. I, I mean, they call him Danny. They're progressive. It's like a nice family, and it's great. Like, he's a dude now. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll watch the movie so again. No after. context whatsoever. You're just going to go ahead and go back. Well, yeah, but they, they, I mean, they get, I mean, yeah. Okay. It's just assumed, I mean, it's not a plot line. That's just who that person is. Okay. And that's fine. All right. Uh, 
but uh it's uh and he does good and like she whoever the the actor is does a very good job at portraying and uh you know since it's day it, like he he does a really good job and and i enjoy him in the role and uh i I think that they do a good job at having that family dynamic. And it seems like Bridget gets his struggles and he gets Bridget's struggles. And I like that. And I like that Danny fucks everything up and that he fucking causes all the bullshit. And that's why, and since we're in full spoiler territory and we'll just go all around the the plot, when he fucking like meets his untimely demise at the end, that makes sense because he kind of started everything, but it's still like when Ellie, the, the mom, right? When when the mom finally gets possessed and is about to get fucked up, she tells Beth, she she tells the sister, take care of my children. And the fact that two of the children died. Oh, no, no, no. You're jumping ahead of yourself a little bit. No, in the beginning. Like, like when everything happened. It didn't happened. happen until after the elevator scene. Yeah. You had the gorgeous elevator scene with the mom basically getting tortured by the dead eye. You had the whole thing happen when, like, we thought, like, well, like when they were in the par- apartment and she was destroying shit. No, of course, and we'll talk and about all that. It just finally, doesn't make sense. And that, then she finally looked at her and said, "Don't let it, let, don't let it take my baby." Yeah, I'm just saying, like as a point, it doesn't make sense to me that that's a big line in the movie where she looks her in the eyes and she's about to go and she's like, "Take care of my children." And two of the children don't fucking make it to the end of the movie. Only the little girl. And she should have just said, "Don't let it take my baby." Is what it was. Well, Can I make a comment? Still something to that fact. What the actor that plays Danny is Morgan Linda Davies. And Davies was born November 27, 2001, and grew up as a female in Sydney, um, Australia. He first came out as transgender to his mother and close friends at the age of 13 and came out publicly in 2020. So you were right, Daniel. Yeah. So it's not a plot line. It's just a trans actor in the movie. And Danny is a very good role. And, and it like, he does a good I job. I wouldn't have known. I thought he had a penis his entire life. Well, I mean, that is, is really good. But also, <laughs> but also, that's the one thing that really helps this movie, though, is that it was so fucking dark. Like, if I would have thought in the movie theaters with you, I yeah. think it would have been better because I think I would have seen more. Yeah, but, but it's so dark in the theaters. It's really fucking dark. It is. It's just, it, like, no matter how bright you make the screen, it's just really fucking dark. It's a dark movie. And uh, the special effects are cool, and the lighting, is, when they do have the lighting in it, and, like, the shit in the, the way, they make it a good eerie vibe. And that's the one thing I will give respect to the movie, because the eeriness and the creepiness, and sometimes it gets taken down with low-level comedy, but the creepiness of it with the lights like flickering and shit, like all that's believable and cool to me. That horror movie aesthetic works in the movie. Yeah. They do it well. Yeah. And there's like a lot of homages, like the one in the elevator with her getting strung up by the elevator cords and everything. That was actually an homage to the beginning of the, uh, or middle of the first Evil Dead when Linda gets violated by a tree. Yeah. Okay, she is violated by a tree. Yeah. If she tries to have sex with her. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's yeah. fucked. So, like, it, it's fucked up. Like, like... That opening scene with the kids is really fucked. And I think we got to touch on that right now before we... I would yeah. agree. Yeah, because Jessica and, and Caleb's the boyfriend mm-hmm. and the, the, the one's coming to visit and she is... Whoever she's visiting is fucking possessed. 
Well, no, 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 no. They went, I can't remember the two girls' names, but they're Jessica cousins. Jessica and somebody. They're cousins, okay? And one of them was in the apartment building where all of this was going off. Teresa's the other one. Okay. And when Jessica, because Jessica's the one that went to get Teresa, right? Jessica told Teresa, like, I'm coming to get you for our vacation. Other way around. Teresa's like, I'm coming to get you for our vacation. Suck it the fuck up. Like, come on. And then all of a sudden, you see that big, like, da-da-da-da-da, like, with the camera and zooming in and whatnot. And you hear those little silent screams. And it possesses her. It makes her dead-eyed. And then you just have to realize that the beginning of the movie was the end yeah. of the movie. So basically what they did, and I, I give them hats off for this, but a lot of people can't pull this off. A lot of directors, a lot of actors, they can't pull this off. Yeah. They did a tremendous job of pulling it off. But it was a vacation. Caleb lied and said that he was going to have a few friends for Jessica. Mm-hmm. Jessica didn't want to go, but Teresa made her. Yeah. So that's even why when Teresa is hauled up in her room and, like, just sitting there and on her bed in the fetal position, that's like the other one walks in and was just like, hey, not that I don't appreciate your douchebag boyfriend, but is it all right if I take your car and get the fuck out of here? Because I don't want to be here right now. Yeah. And um, she said something about him being a brainless meat puppet. Yeah. And this girl, this girl, she fucking fucks her shit up. Yeah. The first thing she starts, like, convulsing on the bed, and then she fucking falls off the bed, and she starts fucking, like, classic, classic family meat puke. Yeah. Like, he's so, he's so known for that. If you want a gross movie, you go to him. And because of that. Yeah, I don't know if I call Toby Maguire gross, but I agree. <laughs> I mean, but it was, it was, it was very, it was, it was done really well. And then the, the girl walks up to her and she's like, are you all right? And she said, who is the meat the, uh, brain puppet now? And like sculpts her. Yeah. And she fucking just rips her hair. Yeah. And right out of the top of her head. And it's like, holy shit. Like, she didn't fucking cut her hair. She didn't pull her hair. She fucking sculpts the bitch. Yeah. Her head is missing. So she gets to the fucking dock, which I'm sorry, but in real life, the dock was way too far away from the fucking head, and there's no way that girl would have made it. Yeah, there's no way. There's just no fucking way. She's not making it. No, especially because it was said that the deadite was following her, and she wouldn't have made it. Absolutely no. fucking not. But she somehow makes it to Caleb is taking a piss off the fucking tears. And um, she, shows, uh, she shows up, and he's like, what the hell's going on? And uh, she tries telling him, like, I need help, I need help, and his, his girlfriend shows up and throws her present and throws her head down, and she says, she's the meatless pup, uh, puppet now. And then uh, she goes up to Kayla, who had a drone running, which had blades on it. Yeah. Side of her face. 
lap and falls into the lake. Well, Caleb, being a dumbass, decides to go in after the fucking demonic entity. Because, you know, and I see a demonic entity cutting the fuck up out of my friends and scalping people. The first thing I say is, let's go for a fucking swim. <laughs> let's go hang out. You want to do a summer party? Let me paint your nails? What yeah. the fuck are you thinking? Who's being a hero? Who's this fucking scum? Don't be a hero. You gotta be a hero. You can't be a hero. Not in some situations. Not in these movies, for sure. That that was his fucking fault. He he would have very well survived had he not been a fucking hero. And then this fucking bitch actually him in the water. She rises up like fucking Jesus on the cross, and it was just it was a little too much for me. For me, it could have just been a classic, like, kill-off screen and whatnot, and then Evil Dead Rise. She didn't need to rise up from the water and shit. I think that was a little too stupid. I agree. And not, like, kooky, stupid or anything, or, like, that, or, like, corny or whatnot, or a comedy or anything like that. But, I mean, like, I think it counted against them. Yeah. I don't think that was something that they should have necessarily put in there. No, I didn't think they needed it at all. I thought that whole beginning scene was kind of butt cheeks. I, re- I remember watching it and I was like, here we fucking go. Yeah. And the family stuff and kind of made me feel the same way. But a lot of when the deadites got introduced and a lot of the stuff in the hotel and the mom looking through the key or, or Cassie looking through the keyhole and seeing her mom fucking talking like sweet to her, trying to persuade her to let her in and shit. That shit was creepy and good. That made the movie pretty good. Yeah, and, the uh, woman did a really good job at being possessed. Mm-hmm. I think everyone who was possessed once they were a deadite, I think they did a really good job. Yeah. Thank God they didn't do it to Kathy because I thought she was going to end up being one. Yeah. But she did it. And oh my God, this little girl is like my fucking spirit animal. She's going to end up being like a kid. Yeah. I'm you know, right now. She's fucking, first up, she takes fucking scissors away from her mom. And she fucking cut the doll's head off its body. Which I've done that. Yeah. And then she takes a fucking stick and she jams it into the head and she calls the thing Stephanie. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, she's ready to go. She, she even says, like, if anything happens to us, Stephanie will protect us. Yeah, she's pretty badass. As far as horror movie little kids go, she's pretty badass. I mean, I, I could have lived without the accent. Mm-hmm. She had too much of a baby accent. I think they picked a younger girl oh, yeah, playing she's... an older role. Honestly, I think they went the latter with this one, and they picked a younger girl to play an older role because her voice just wasn't quite mature yet. It had that it had that little English, little country twang that a lot of little kids have. Yeah, and... As far as, like, small families and sibling relationships go, and just to kind of call back to our relationship episode in the archives, uh, believability is a big part of it that we talked about massively. And this this one does have it. And and Danny, Bridget, and Cassie seem like they really care about each other and seem like they really want each other. And even when Bridget finds out that Danny kind of fucking set this whole thing in motion and fucked everything up, with and, his DJ music box and shit. And so. also, though, with the two sisters, too, like, the doorbell's going off, and all of a sudden, fucking, uh, her Ellie sister is in her face. And she just straight up sucker punches her right in the face. Like, not even thinking about it. Just 
boom, right in the back face. Okay. And that's like, what the hell? It's okay, sorry, it's okay. And, like, she finds out that, like, there is a lot of things going on in Elle's life. And Beth was just so consumed with everything going on that she didn't know anything. Yeah. And she was even like, how come you didn't tell me your husband left? And that you were getting kicked out of your house. Like, that could have helped you with everything. And she's like, I did call you. Yeah. She's like, I got, she's like, I called you a few different times. I called you when you were leaving. I called you when I finally cheated on me. I called you when he asked for a divorce. Like, I called. I left messages, too. And she's like, what? And she said, yep, it's like two months ago. It's like, I just gave up. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, this is a broken relationship right now. I know one of she fucking didn't care that she sacrificed her in the face. Because that's what she did. She didn't say sorry. Yeah. She just, she just laughed. Like, that was the funny part to me, is that she didn't even apologize for punching a bitch in the face. She just laughed at her. Like, I don't care. Me and you, like, we're really good friends. We're really good siblings. If we punch, if you punch me in the face, you're getting punched in the face, too. I mean, yeah. I don't care. That's kind of what so, you So, I mean, I was very surprised <clears throat> that that didn't happen, but it shows their dynamic. Yeah, they care you about You find each other. out, not that they care about each other, but you find out that Beth relies on L for everything. And that's why L is so upset when Beth shows up because she's had so many things going on. Mm. And Beth didn't lift a finger to try and help her. Yeah. She was getting these phone calls and these messages and everything, and she didn't drop everything that she was doing to go to her sister's side. Yeah. Like, she would have with that. Like, Al would have with her. Yeah. So, that's a very, that is a very different dynamic that you want to resonate on here. It's not that the mom didn't want help. It's that the sister was refusing to believe that the mom needed help. I just feel like the, the point in the and like they made it a big plot point early and then it didn't matter because the mom got possessed right away. You know, so her reliance not right away, but about like twenty minutes then. Yeah, but like she's one of the first, like yeah. she's the first one in the family to go. Yeah. So I I agree that relationship didn't mean as much to me as the with the kids. And that's why I just the, thought it was weird though, having the different dynamic. Because normally what we see in horror movies is not the prodigal son coming, is like the prodigal son coming home and fixing everything, not the black sheep coming home. I mean, insert ones. You can have the black sheep get it so done. I'm just saying, it's one of those particular ones that chose the latter. Yeah. And honestly, that little girl Bridget and Beth look like they could be related. Yeah. And that's why it's like, and I get it's a horror movie and people got to go, right? But the kids, it, to me, you, it's one of those where the whole family has to make it out. Or that whole save my kids thing just doesn't make sense when well, two of them Like go. I said, she said, please don't let it take my babies. Yeah, but all three of them are her babies to her. They're their yeah. mother. So it's the same deal. And two of them are dead now. And only the cutest baby is alive. Only the adorable little girl. Everyone else has to fuck off. Yeah. And, and you know... I get Danny because he he set things in motion, but Bridget didn't have a damn thing to do with nothing, and she was just trying to help. Yeah. She was just a, a fucking she was in the wrong place, girl. the wrong time. Yeah, honestly, she wouldn't have gotten cut with her mom's fingernails if she wasn't in 
if she was in a different place. And like, I, I get you gotta kill people. Time. I get it, but it's... but honestly, though, the what the thing that I like about this franchise in this movie the most is, is that they don't just straight up kill. Like, there's a lot of times that there's one scene with a cheese grater where Beth throws the cheese grater at possessed Bridget, and Bridget ends up grabbing it and using it to grate off her auntie's best flesh off her calf. And, like, that's a scene that's very cringy yeah. and uncomfortable. And I like it, too, though, because it's not like the girl was eating it. Yeah. It's not like it was cannibalistic. But yeah, but not too long anyway. after that, the little girl Cassie, the sweet adorable girl, has to impale her sister with a fucking staff through the fucking head. Yeah. In fucking and Bridget's the dead. Bridget's done. There. Bridget ain't coming back. She ain't no. going to school tomorrow. No. So, so like she's dead. And I mean, she predicted it. Yeah. And she like and it's like they had a sweet relationship, but it was sad she had to fucking put it there and. That was the shit that kind of didn't work for me because there wasn't really an emotional payoff. It's not like the little girl's like sobbing after. Yeah, she didn't even I really cry. I watched it like two or three times just to make yeah. sure I was right. She even screamed. She even gasped. Like, I get it. She's possessed now, but now it's like, all right, fuck this bitch. Boop. And it's like, you, you really loved her like 30 minutes ago. But it, to me, it's like certain shit like that. Like, they had to ham it up and make it really gory and crazy because it's evil dead. But to me, it did a disservice to a little bit of the plot that was trying to make it more emotional. Yeah. And, and just in my head. And you, you're exactly right. You really you really are. That's why I said, though, that it did stay true to what Evil Dead really is. So Evil Dead doesn't really normally have a plot. Mm-hmm. Honestly. It's one of those movies that is just chaos. Yeah. Like, dance people, like people are dancing around while they're on fire and shit. Like, it's just chaos. So I feel like they try to bring too much of a storyline and too much of a family dynamic. Way too much. Into this. Yeah. Because they were focusing on a family and not trying to grip a friend. Evil Dead to me is like how cabin fever is, like we've talked about. Yeah. I feel like that is more of a teenage. Yeah. Like Friday the 13th, that kind of thing. I think that I, when I think of that, I think of more, like, younger people, yes. college-based people. I don't, like, my fiance's here with us, Kevin, and uh, I talked to him about it last night when I, or the other night when I went to turn it on, because it's like, wait a minute, an apartment? Why the fuck is it in an apartment? And it's evil dead. Yeah. Like, the family's poor. What the hell? Like, it's supposed, well, I know, but it's supposed to be in a cabin. Yeah. Like, not a lake house, not anything fancy. It's supposed to be a cabin in the woods. Yes. So, but, like, that's why it was shocking for me because it's like, wait, like, this isn't. But I think weird. The, I think the issue with plot separates it from like I mentioned the Boogeyman earlier, and that's mm-hmm. a movie that focuses too much on a family that's uninteresting, and you needed more Boogeyman and less family. Yeah. This one, I think focuses on the family a lot and then when you get invested kind of takes you away from it and it's like oh evil dead shit and then it's like oh well i kind of cared about that but okay now they're dead and okay fuck it yeah but, the deadites were a little too much mm-hmm. they had way too many of them going on um i feel like it was i feel like the gore was a just a little too much yeah. I love gore. Daniel's looking at me like I'm crazy. Because I, I love yeah, gore. Yeah, yeah, cause I, I love gore like, just, like the next, just like the next person. I'm telling you right now. Had this not been made 
by Lee Cronin and Raimi and Bruce Campbell, I'm telling you right now, I probably wouldn't have watched it because it probably would have ended up being a torture movie. Yeah. Because that's what I want everyone to understand is that these three people do not make torture movies. They make body horror. There's a difference. Like Basket Case, body horror. Last House on the Left, fucking porn. Yeah. Like torture porn. And he, and here's the thing I don't want to and I don't want to just sit here and like bash it either because like it's kind of an 84 I'm not trying to bash it. No, I know and you're not because you I know you really liked it a lot more than I do. And a lot of people like this movie and that's what I'm saying. It's got an 84% on tomatoes and stuff and a lot of and it made a lot of money and people enjoy it. So it's like go see it if you really it's on Max right now, but I for me it's just certain, I'm not a huge fan of the franchise and I think that's why it didn't resonate. And, and the things I am a fan of were missing, like mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell <laughs> and Sam Raimi and that and stuff. And just, like, the chainsaw and stuff, too. Like, they did have a little bit of a chainsaw scene at the very, very end. They had a tiny bit, like, the mother was going to cut off Cassie's head with a chainsaw. Yeah. And, like, not saying that that's not believable or, or whatnot. It's just, like, Evil Dead is known for the chainsaw. Yeah, the yeah. The chainsaw's on the motherfucking cover mm-hmm. for the first one. Yeah. And the series. Yeah. So, if you're going to have a chainsaw and you're going to have the Evil Dead, have somebody lose a hand. Yes. And have them have a chainsaw hand. It is, it's typical Evil Dead. It's like trying to be Freddy. It's like trying to be Nightmare on Elm Street without a Freddy paper. Yeah, it doesn't make too much it sense. It doesn't make sense. Thank I you. mean, I was happy that she picked up the, that she wasn't one of those people that just left shit, but she actually picked up the thing for perfection. Kudos for her, but still. Yeah. Like, that was, I don't know. That was a little nitpicky. And also, one thing I want to nitpick at is that there has been years, years, decades now, that we have been trying to perfect fake blood. A lot of people get it really, really well. Yeah, I was waiting for you to bring this one up. A lot of people don't. They completely fucking yeah. This movie went both ways. They went in both directions. Some ways, they did great. Cheese grater scene, chef's kiss. When she's bleeding from all, when Bridget's bleeding from all offices of her body and whatnot, yes. very good. But some of the times it looks like fucking Kool-Aid. And the one scene that Daniel knows I'm going to bring up is an elevator scene with the little girl named Kathy and her auntie Beth, and they're drowning in the elevator that's just filling up with blood for no fucking good reason. And I want to bring this attention to this fucking elevator. This fucking apartment building is decrepit. It is run down. They're getting kicked out of it in a month. Everything's broken down. Why do you keep using the fucking elevator? <laughs> There's been an earthquake, demonic forces, everything else. Why are you using the elevator? Use the fucking stairs. And it's just like, there's homages, <laughs> and then there's ripping the fuck off. Well, that's what I'm trying to and say that thing you. is straight out of The Shining. Exactly. That is The Shining. Like, not... I forgot to say, like, what they do is like they open up the elevator doors at the last half, and there's a huge pool of blood, a like, lake of blood, and, and like, the little out. girl... And the mother, well, not the mother, the um, aunt, fell out after it. And it's like, well, it's kind of a cool visual, but it was cooler when I saw it. With Jack Nicholson and fucking Magic, yeah. And Kelly Duvall. Like, 
it was completely a ripoff scene. I mean, 100%. the only thing that you can say was wasn't a ripoff is that there wasn't people in the elevator when the elevator. Yeah, there's two out. people that spilled out with it that you can barely see because there's so much of that Kool Aid. Exactly. But, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it bubbles. Yeah. For me, blood doesn't necessarily look like a carbonated soft drink. Yeah. For this, it looks like cherry soda or some shit. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. Like, it's carbonation bubbles in it and shit. It's a stuff. Well, you said they went practical, and maybe it was. The texture and everything. Yeah, but practical, Daniel. Look look at the original Evil Dead. Go ahead and look at the Exorcist. Mm-hmm. You can have practical effects with practical fake blood. And make it look cool. And make it look amazing. But, dude, that shit's kind of expensive. And uh, all, <laughs> the amount of blood that was, I can see the one, the budget guy being, eh, Jerry Kool-Aid. <laughs> I mean, I get it, and I don't. Strawberry soda. I get it, and I don't. Yeah. Because I feel like, because, yeah, it can, it can get expensive. Yeah, no, it's not that expensive. I'm just kidding. Making, yeah. But they could have made it inexpensive. Yeah. If they were going to water it down like it looks like they did, they should have they should have used a little bit more darker color. I agree. It didn't and really then water it down. Because that's really what they did. If they watered it down so they could make more of it. Yes. It's obvious. It is. But, I mean, water it down, but, I mean, add a tiny bit more, like, purple or black or something to it. Something to it, yeah. Make it a little bit more dark. Mm-hmm. Then water it down. Yeah. And there you go. Then you have it. I agree with you. I mean, and I'm not the best critic out there. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I don't know, like, the best way to create blood and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I've seen and I've heard directors and then I've seen documentaries and shit of them saying that that's the cheapest way to do blood and corn syrup and stuff. Yeah. It is. So, and corn syrup is getting very hefty in price now because of, of inflation and everything. But like I just said, all you really need nowadays is red liquid and some pre fucking and some fucking food uh, food dye. Yeah, I agree. And you pop it in there, you got blood. My top kill would probably be Cassie impaling Bridget. Yeah, I don't. <sighs> Danny got fucked up too. Here's my thing. I liked, as much as I hate cheap horror, oh, God. I I gotta give it to Bridget. Yeah. Especially when they, the last time, the last time we see her, she was like keeping up bugs. So then like the next time we see her, she's like munching on glass. And I was like, I gotta get the creepy crawlies out of my tummy. I was like, holy shit. She's straight up eating a glass. Like, yeah. And she's swallowing it. Yeah. Like, she's okay with this shit. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, it's so cool, though. I'm like, the fact, because honestly, the thing that was cool to me is that since she was a deadite and she couldn't really hurt herself, the glass, yes, it penetrated her neck, but it never, yet it broke skin for like a second, but it didn't like rip up her throat. Yeah. Or anything. Or with like other situations like that with glass eating situations and stuff we've seen, their throat gets fucked up. She like she was going downtown on that wine glass. So and at that point she was already dead as far as I'm concerned. Her character was already dead. 
Yeah. So I will have to say that is probably my cocktail. Yeah, and I feel like an old man fucking always, and I'm kind of hypocritical because in Scream, I was like, you didn't fucking kill anybody. And in this one, I'm like, you got to fucking keep people alive. But well, there's a difference. To me, there's a time and a place for death, and and and, and I get it with horror movies. But to me, this one, I felt like the family was kind of integral, and and just like tearing off the two siblings that meant the most of the plot didn't make much sense to me. And there's a difference between having a all, uh, all the all anything goes bloodfest to a horror movie story. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference. Yeah, I agree. Some people, some actors, can pull it off very, very well and give a really good story performance. Mm-hmm. Other ones are better at just reacting to things happening to them. This is the classic case of us having an amazing plot, an amazing director, an amazing writer, amazing producers, not enough star power with mm-hmm. the with the family. I mean, they tried the person that you... That's the thing. I thought they did a great job. They tried. Yeah. I just, I don't think the writing and their acting gave them justice. I think they were a little too new. Yeah. Especially the little one. I think she was a little too new to acting. Yeah, and I think we're on the opposite ends because I thought the performance just kind of carried it, and I thought the special effects didn't really work for me. Yeah, and for the, me, Evil the Dead. special effects worked and they didn't. Yeah. They worked at certain times. There were certain times where it was like, oh, shit, amazing. And then there was other times that with the elevator seat, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Something's not a shit like years ago. Yeah, exactly. Overall, I'd probably give it a 6.7 deadites out of 10. Um, I would have to give it, because I've been, like, doing things differently and creating things differently. I would have to give it a 6.4. Signed up higher on it, didn't you? That's yeah. <laughs> just because, just because it does have to get some points off for some of the things that just started to happen, like in the elevator. If you're watching it with the mom getting tortured and whatnot, all of a sudden they just start to like become tattoos that just show up. Yeah. I don't think they bring enough attention to that. Yeah. Because like the kids and the sister just make it seem like it's normal. Mm-hmm. And she was a cover with tattoos five minutes ago. Yeah. And this also they get points off for not the elevator scene, but the fact that after a fucking earthquake and everything else, they're going to still fucking try and use the goddamn elevators. Yeah, yeah. That, that don't make any fucking sense to me. You're telling me that nowhere in that fucking apartment building at all whatsoever has stairs? Yeah, get the fuck they out of it. They just don't have stairs? Yeah. Like, use a fucking fire escape. They brought up the fire escape. Use it. There was mad people outside, though, too. There. Stop fucking using the elevators. Yeah, yeah. Like, that really pissed me off. Yeah. Because, I mean, the elevator had broken down, like, six times at one point. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so sick of fucking elevator. And, like, it was around the time that it was pulling with blood. And it's like, oh, great. Now we get a shining rip off. Yeah. And... So that's why I got America's down a little bit lower than you did and gave it a 6.4. Because it did good. It did a decent job. It was better than the remake or the reboot or whatever. But it could have been so much better. Yeah. So much better. But, I mean, I'm not a director. 
So people had different concepts, opinions. Even me and you differ in opinions and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I really feel like they tried to stay as true to the franchise as they possibly could. Yeah. I think that was to their detriment, though, a yeah. little bit. But it, it hurt them, and it helped them at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you want to do next week? I didn't do it yet. Hold on. Hold on. You want to do Reinfeld next week? Because we're going to... If you're actually going to give me it, yeah. I'll give you the peacock. That's <laughs> All right, fine. We can do that then. All right, Ryan Feld, Nicholas Cage's Dracula. We'll be hitting you with that next week. And uh, why don't you give everybody a big hootie hoo, Mindy? Hootie hoo, guys. Make sure you get on the TikTok. We've reached uh, 31 plus 100 fans. So yes. This is the Stabcast. Leave a review. Uh, check out Spotify, all platforms. If you're here with us on Blog Talk Live, it's a pleasure having you. And we'll see everybody next week. All right, hootie hoo.